Welcome to Quest for Gold, episode 28. And we start this week continuing the conversation we had in episode 27, talking about coronavirus. This week, the Tokyo Olympic and Paralympic organizers are trying to squash fears that the summer games could be postponed or even canceled due to the fast-spreading virus. Tokyo Olympic CEO Toshiro Moto backtracked with a statement a day after saying he was seriously worried the virus would disrupt the games. He now says people need to remain cool-headed and that the games will go off as scheduled. As of Thursday, Japan had 45 confirmed cases of coronavirus, but no deaths. We continue to reach out to the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee to see if they've issued any statement or guidance to athletes and coaches about coronavirus, but we still have not gotten any response. A former vice president of sports medicine for the U.S. OPC is now suing his former employer, claiming he was fired in 2019 after he questioned the way top executives in the organization handled reports of sexual abuse and mental health issues. Dr. Bill Morrow in his lawsuit lays out multiple allegations of incidents he flagged to superiors that were never addressed. The chiropractor in training back in 2012 says he even questioned the practices of Dr. Larry Nasser. The U.S. women's soccer team is one win away from qualifying for the 2020 Olympic Games. They just need to beat Mexico at a qualifier in California. Alex Morgan has actually been training with the team while seven months pregnant. USA Boxing announced Wednesday 13 13 men and women who will compete at upcoming qualifiers for a place in the summer games. The qualifiers will start next month in Argentina. In this week's Athlete Spotlight, we head up to North Shore Rhythmic Gymnastics Center in Deerfield, our second trip there, to talk with a potential 2020 Olympic rhythmic gymnast. We spoke with Avita Grishkenis in episode 23. Now we talk with her Team USA teammate, Laura Zhang. For Laura, this could potentially be her second and last summer games. She's a little older, a little wiser, and she knows the window to her stellar gymnastics career is closing. Four years ago, I, I talked to you right here, and you'd never been to the Olympics before. Right. Uh, you did not have your driver's license. <sighs> you were still, you knew that when you came back from Rio, you still had classes. Right. Like, you had to go back. So, four years later, uh, first of all, let's let's flesh back to, to 2016 how was your experience in Rio it was amazing it also feels so long ago yeah like I think I was a junior in high school and it was I was still young in my career and now I feel much older wiser hopefully but it definitely feels like eons ago but I'm so excited to hopefully qualify for Tokyo how did the experience go uh, from a logistical standpoint? I, I, the one thing you kept saying is, I'm going to go there. I'm going to take so many pictures. Did you get a lot of pictures? I did did you get meet many, a lot of athletes? many pictures. Um, I took as many as I could in the village and just trying to soak it all in. It was very fast, though. We were only there for about a week. We got there in the middle of the games. We trained. Then we competed. Then we were there for closing ceremonies. And then, boom, we flew the next day. And then I back to high school um but logistically it was just a flight from here to texas i think we had our layover and then to rio okay yeah you get loaded up with all your usa goodies and then Um, head on over so how it works is before the olympic games there's something called processing which takes place in houston and all the olympic athletes kind of go through houston i think this happened like two or three weeks before we actually left for um, the games, but this is like a separate thing, and there's this giant like warehouse hotel that you go through, and you get to try on all this amazing clothes. You get fitted for opening and closing ceremony outfits. You get 
like two or three giant duffel bags of stuff. You get a watch, you get your ring. It's literally like amazing. It's probably one of the highlights of the entire Olympic experience. I'm not going to lie. So very proud to be part of Team USA. Is, is it weird to reflect back on that and say, wow, I, I'm, I was an Olympian. I still am an Olympian. I will always right. be an Olympian. I mean, that's probably a goal you had set out to since you were very small. Right. I mean, it's definitely something that's integral to my identity, but it's also just about moving past that, you know, because you don't want to peak while you're too young. So I'm still, every day and every year since that, I've been trying to reach higher and higher peaks. Do you feel like you've grown a lot over these last few years? I do, especially mentally. I feel like the longer you have this type of career, you go through a lot of setbacks, you go through a lot of hard times, especially like seeing all my friends go off to college. That was kind of a hard period for me, but I feel like... Now is like the final push. Like I have a couple months left in this in my career, and that's really exciting. And I feel a renewed vigor for the upcoming season. What are some of the things that are different now compared to four years ago? Well, I definitely know what to expect to a certain extent because before Rio, we had very intense training sessions, and it was actually like an eight-hour competition day because we would compete one routine, and then we would have like an hour and an hour and a half before the next routine, and then we would compete another routine, and then we would have like two, two and a half hours before that routine which is very long. In rhythmic gymnastics, usually a competition lasts two to three hours, Mm -hmm. and you maybe have like a half an hour in between each routine. So it's definitely something that no gymnast is used to because we don't have that type of format ever. So that was very, very interesting to prepare for and to compete through, but at least now I have that kind of knowledge. And I think my coaches, as well as the entire gym, have that knowledge too going forth so we can prepare for that level of intensity before the games. Hopefully if I qualify, because... Um, we still have nationals, which is our qualifying test event. Um, and another thing is just like knowing how to pace yourself before everything that happens all at once, knowing how to focus on the task at hand while still enjoying the benefits of competing at an Olympic Games. I feel Mm -hmm. like it's a lot to take in. And now having gone through one Olympic Games and having gone through three years of just rhythmic gymnastics in its entirety, I feel like I'm more prepared and more excited than ever to show what I'm made of. Has four years changed uh, uh, the the way your, your body feels? Is it, you know, do you get sore quicker oh than when you I'm were? I'm definitely old now. More conditioning? But what are you now? 20? I just turned 20. 20 years old. And Jane, you're old in the sport in now. In the sport, I'm very old. <laughs> and so I definitely have experienced that where sometimes it's harder with the stamina, with the flexibility, you know, just like as the years go by. But counteracting that, I also know my body better. I can listen to it more. So I know when I need to push, when I need to stick, take a step back. And also, it's just about being able to get through a routine, get through competition. And I feel like having this career of rhythmic gymnastics is also really insightful for me before going to college because it's like reflective of life. I read a quote recently and it was saying that life isn't about how fast you run or about how high you climb. It's about how well you bounce. And I feel like that's also been true of my career just because it is inevitable that you will have mistakes you will have failures but being able to learn from that grow from that and keep on going is uh, definitely a mantra that I will take with me forever so the end is near with you in the sport for sure okay it's got to be weird because you see a lot of athletes they come in and they stay in the sport and they kind of peak in the sport and then and then it kind of goes downhill from there and then eventually they have to make that decision would you consider yourself at the peak of your physical ability right 
right now in the sport or I, I would say I am and I would say I'm continuously working towards both that physical and mental maximum that I know that I'm capable of um, I actually got accepted to Yale two years ago after applying so that's always kind of been on my radar so next um, fall is when I'll be going towards there so okay. it's, it's also kind of just like now it's I can go all out I have nothing to lose so I just want to be brave and have courage and just show everything that I can. And so you've got nothing to lose in these upcoming games and even leading up to that point. I yes. mean, you're, you're just going to leave it all leave on, it all on the carpet. On the carpet. Yes. All right. Very good. Um, a couple years ago, I had reached out to you via email when all this Larry Nasser stuff came out and I asked you if you had ever had any contact with him. And you said no, you had not. What has been the fallout in USA Gymnastics following that? I mean, has it, has it come down to, to your level? as far as leadership changes and finances and sponsorships and and just all of the people like me, the media coming around. I mean, what has changed? There was definitely a lot of bureaucratic chaos and organizational, like, we would find out things in the news faster than we would know about them, Mm -hmm. like a lot of firings, a lot of shifting in leadership, and there is also, we were used to be sponsored by Under Armour, and now it's kind of all up in the air. There's a lot of unknowns, and for the last year or two years, it was definitely chaotic when we weren't really sure if USAG was even going to continue to be an organization because they filed for bankruptcy and we sure. didn't really know what that meant. So there was definitely a lot of confusion. But in the midst of a, of it all, we still had Caroline, who is our Rhythmic Program Director, leading us and reassuring us. And we were so grateful to her for maintaining a steadfast hand towards us. So even though there was a lot of chaos in the surrounding things and sometimes money didn't come through or we didn't have sponsorships, as much apparel, et cetera, et cetera, we still had a base support system. And now with Lily Long, it's been amazing. She's been so good with communication with all the gymnasts, with all the coaches. So I definitely see a path forward and the future is looking bright. Do you think that uh, the future for gymnasts who are coming up, whether they be rhythmic or artistic, is going to be a better environment than it was even when you were coming up and this is I mean are they are they setting a standard now that's going to to be able to move this organization forward for, for decades sure. to come I think obviously the scandal was terrible and it was horrific but one perhaps positive outcome of it is that there was more awareness of the environment and toxic culture and I think now more than ever people are trying to change that and I can see that even just around me on, on like social media with artistic gymnastics just there's more positivity and more encouragement within um, the organization and so it's def- I'm definitely hopeful for hopeful and I feel like the culture is changing towards a positive direction all right so what happened in 2019 how did you get to this point where you're kind of on the verge here nothing is nothing is assured to you at this point but uh, uh, you you qualified a bid for team yes. USA so this is very similar to 2015 it's just how the process works for um, the Rhythmic and USAG USAG Gymnastics Program. So at um, the Worlds, which is a qualifying test event for countries, um, we earned a spot for the United States at the Olympics. And this time it was not only me, but also Avita. So we were able to qualify two spots, but we didn't qualify ourselves. So we qualified two spots for the country. And then at the um, national championships, which I believe are in June, they decide who gets to actually go, who gets to fill those spots. Okay. I mean, 
are there dark horses that can slide in here and, and take this from you? Is it weighted a certain way or is it straight up whoever finishes in first, second, third? I'm pretty sure it's whoever finishes the top two, but I'm okay. not positive. And there's always amazing competitors, sure. especially throughout the years. I think the USA Gymnastics depth of field has grown stronger and stronger. So nothing is for sure. And I'm always just focused on myself and what I can do. You and Evita both operate out of the same facilities. Yes. Uh, you're a little bit older than her. She has never been to the games. You have. Uh, do you guys have much interaction or are you guys kind of in your own separate bubbles, even though you're obviously prox- proximity-wise pretty close? Well, we both actually live pretty far away from the gym. I'm about 40, 50 minutes away. I think she's about an hour. Mm-hmm. So mostly our time in the gym is just overlapping when we're training. So we don't necessarily communicate or hang out outside of the gym much, but it's nice just to have a companion in the gym, especially when the days get long and sure. the practices kind of feel lagging. You know, it's nice to just have someone around. So do you guys see yourselves as teammates then in those situations? Or when, like, for example, when you guys go and, and, and uh, compete internationally? Right. I mean, it's nice to have a friendly face there. Right. Do you give her advice on things? I mean, do you guys talk about that or are you guys just kind of doing your own thing? For sure. Well, I think for this past three years, we've competed and traveled together all this time. So it's nice because we're not only teammates in the sense of USA, but we're also the teammates of North Shore Rhythmics. You know, we sure. train at the same gym. So we do have a level of knowledge about each other and about our boundaries and, and what we're capable of and what we need. What is it about this facility here that, that uh, you know, makes it a success story for the last couple cycles for the Olympics? Well, as you know, Rhythmic in itself is not very a big sport and there's mm-hmm. like not a lot of funding for it so our gym is one of the only in the country that has a high ceiling and a nice carpet which are two huge prerequisites physically a yes. high ceiling just the facility itself okay. like we still get ribbons stuck on the ceiling but it's much much better than most of what other gyms are able to procure second is um, our coaches Natasha Angelina Danny we just have an amazing support system and they have tons of experience and they're so good at encouraging us, at strengthening us, and just helping us in general. Um, and we're also able to work with um, some PTs while we're here. Like, we have a relationship with Athletico, and they come in and give us physical therapy when we need it. So it's really just a great kind of system that we built here. What happened in 2016 uh, as far as how you finished, what you felt about your own performance? Um, I think at the end, I like burst out crying just because it was so much emotion and I think 99% of it was just finishing. Like, it was, I think I'll definitely feel it even more this cycle, but it's just so much buildup. And so when you finally finish and you can just finally feel a sense of relief, Mm -hmm. it's just like I had to let it out. But I was so happy. And even though it kind of sucks because Rhythmic is at the very end of the competition, so you don't get like too much time afterwards to enjoy it. And everyone's like partying on the second, second last days, and you're like, I have to focus. But um, I could focus, I could party on that last night and enjoy everything that the village had to offer and enjoy the closing ceremony. And then when I came back, my high school threw a parade for me, and that was really fun. And then I had to, like, start college apps. So it was just a, a lot of drama, but a lot of, like, amazing dr- drama that I'm grateful for. All right. Do you have any goals going into 2020 as far as where you want to finish, things you want to achieve, things you want to hit, uh, specifically in your routine? Well, obviously, I hope to go to the Tokyo Olympics. Mm-hmm. So that's one of my biggest goals. And another one is to finish in the top 10 because last cycle I finished 11th and I was only like 0.05 or 0.1 away. So that's definitely two material goals. But even more than that, it's just a sense of me completing this 
journey that's been literally my entire life for the past 20 years. So it's about me reaching my maximum and being able to showcase everything that I've worked for in my career thus far. All right. So tell me about Yale. What are you going to study? Do you I know? have no idea. No? So, okay. Well, I often get asked this question. I even get some smirks when I say, what, you don't even know what you're going to study? Then why are you going to Yale? But I know that it's going to be something in the humanities, possibly something in the social sciences. And I have a pretty good radar of knowing what I don't like. So hopefully that will lead me to something that I do like. Tell me about uh, your routines and, and what you've been what you've been working on. Uh, maybe your music. What to give me give me some insight as to, to what you've been working on. Well, I've been really proud because this year I found most of my music three out of four, and I just felt every time I found music, it was really. I spoke to my soul, so I'm excited to showcase them, and especially just I feel like I finally found my groove and like wanting to show my dancey side and just my personality on the carpet. Sure. Okay. All right. Very good. Uh, have you ever been to Japan before? So I just went to Japan in October for Aeon Cup. It was my first time, and it was absolutely amazing. I loved it. There were so many things. I mean, the people were amazing. The toilets were super Super clean and comfortable. <laughs> uh, the food was amazing. The atmosphere, it was just so much. And it has to be one of my favorite countries that I've ever been to. So definitely pumps me up for do, Tokyo. Uh, do you, I mean, do you think they're ready for this? It, it seems like they're ready with the venues and Yeah, we actually and... got to tour the rhythmic venue. They like made a stop. So we got to see a little bit of it. And there's like a wooden ceiling and it's very Japanese. So I think that they're going to kill it and it's going to be amazing. What do you think about the future of rhythmic gymnastics? I know that uh, there's no guarantee that sports will live on forever in the Olympics. I mean, do you, right. are you feeling pretty strong that even when, you, when you're when you done and, and you've moved on that, that this sport will, uh, will continue to thrive? I'm not sure, but I have my faith in it. And I always say that rhythmic is one of the most photogenic sports. Like, mm-hmm. there's so much qualities and aspect to it. Um, I do think it's definitely been tumultuous because of the code of points, which has a, a lot of controversy around it, but it's all about adaptation. And as a gymnast speaking, I just want to focus on what's in my control as of right now. So I'm just focused on the coming future as opposed to the long future. Do you think that you, when you walk away from the sport, you're just going to wall off, that was one part of my life, or do you still want to be involved in one form or another with the sport, maybe with younger people or training or physical therapy or what have you? Right. I think, I mean... I have made such long-lasting friends, actually my best friends in Rhythmic, so I'll obviously stay in touch with them. When I come home, I'm obviously going to visit the gym, say hello to the coaches, say hello to my former teammates, all of that jazz, but I definitely do think that I will take some time to detox and just kind of let myself separate from everything that is Rhythmic. We've got a video of her 2019 performances below. We'll continue to track her status as we get closer to the games. Next week on Quest for Gold, we'll talk to two karate sisters with Olympic aspirations. We'll see you then. I'm Ryan Burrow with Quest for Gold.